Hi, Chalomaniacs. This is editor and producer Will again. Just to remind you that in this episode, we had some technical difficulties with the recording. It's not as crisp and clear as you're used to, but it's still a damn delight. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. I wanted to say Amy Nicholson's uh, poem about this movie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. In 2014, men, women, and children feels like a sermon. It's obvious and mundane. Chopsticks pounded on the piano. Like, that is so... It is just... It is a death knell of creativity when it comes to technology. Like, it says nothing about any of it. And that there's, like, nothing, absolutely nothing redemptive that could ever come from technology. Right. Or, like, just nothing. Right. Or none of the characters who are painted as terrible get redemptive arcs. Nope. We alluded this earlier while we were texting. no redemption. Right. I I was texting you earlier about... The disservice that Jennifer Garner has done. Oh, okay. The fact that she is given n- no shades of gray. She no. is just an evil, evil she mom. She is a horrible woman. Right. In this film. And there's this film. Can we call it <laughs> this quote film? Like, this is a motion picture. <laughs> this is a series of photographs that were taken. <laughs> in They're like the moving pictures in Harry Potter. It's just like a tiny big vignette of like. Oh, look, a story. Yeah. I'm sure. In rewatching it, because I, I watched it when it came out and, and, and disliked it and only rewatched it for the sake of recording this podcast. But in rewatching it, I did not realize how little Timothy Chalamet was in it. And oh I thought, god. oh my god, I gave Helen the movie with the least amount of Timothy Chalamet. I wrote it down. He shows up um, an hour and 11 minutes in. Holy shit, it's a two-hour movie. It's, it's also two hours. <laughs> right, which this is... film, I turned it on and I was like, oh my god, it's two fucking hours long? Yeah. I had to take an intermission. <laughs> no, you deserved an intermission. I took it. I, I needed it. Do you ever do that thing where you're like kind of dozing off during a movie and you go, I'm going to take a nap. And you like pause it and then you wake up like an hour later. I, I like did that. Like yeah. I was like, I need to take a break. I took, I didn't take like a physical nap, but I took like a Right. From this film. Sure. There were plenty of plenty of storylines to do that during, frankly. Um, there were two potentially too many yes, storylines. Totally. Yeah, this this has like the inter oh interconnecting like I should have made a, a map, like one of those weird serial killer maps with all the red string that pulls things together because it's like, well this thing is happening and then that also affects yeah. this person and then there But there isn't even dating, but there isn't so, like mystery in that. No. There's no like reveal in that no. that is it's it's just it's just to show that like no these are reveal, all yeah. no redemption. Right. Not really any kind of conclusion to anyone's story no. except for like we're all fucked because technology. Sure. Well so coming into this movie, what Timothy Chalamet movies have you seen? I see Lady Bird. Okay. And that might be it. Really? I've not seen any of, any of the other ones you've done on the podcast. Okay, interesting. Then yeah, I don't because I, I can't imagine you've seen Hostels yet. Or the Adderall Diaries. Generally, I'm not very you, good at seeing movies. Sure. Like, not which that is, I don't like them, but mm, it's just not a priority. Which is why it's even worse that I <laughs> gave you that. Like, I gave, like I couldn't have given you, like, a less important... Like, the only thing that strikes me as important about this is that it's his first movie. Yeah. Like, first credited okay. theatrical release. Yeah. So, aside from that... Well, like, and as you've showed, 
me. There are many deleted scenes that have him in it, and it right. seems like his character had a little bit of like a like a teeny tiny baby arc right. that was going to be something. It was just about him having sex. Yeah, there was his girlfriend. Yes, and there was nothing else. But well, that was it. well, we can get it because I was going to say I was going to say I haven't yet decided. Do we factor in those deleted scenes into this discussion because they weren't included in the no, movie? No, I don't think we should. I mean, you can <laughs> just like personally <laughs> can tuck them away. Okay. Well, <laughs> and we can mention them. But right. It doesn't affect the movie. No movie. Like I feel better about Timothy after seeing those. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't. Right. <laughs> I don't feel better you, about it. The only thing you could feel better this. about is like he worked more. Like, yeah. Like and good for him. Yeah. I suppose. Anyway. And I, as your friend, I'm here to support your your stand of Timothy. Thank you. And regardless of how much I know him, as I would any anyone you were, you know. Standing. Exactly. That's just a blanket. (laughs) That's where my friendship comes with is a blanket acceptance for things you stand. Thank you, Papa. I really appreciate that. And welcome to Chasing Chalamet. (laughs) It's a bi-weekly podcast where I, Dane McDonald, and a special guest deep dive into the filmography of the Oscar-nominated actor Timothy Hal Chalamet. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Jason Reitman's 2014 American comedy drama, Men, Women, and Children. What a title. Uh, we also, will... there is no Oxford comma, which I there have isn't. an issue with. Right, it's no Oxford comma ampersand. I know. Men, women, and children. So it just separates men from women and children, which is... Strike one. Yeah. We will be covering our thoughts, feelings, critiques. I'm not even going to say praise because there's not a whole lot of it to be thrown about. Uh, whatever we want to say about this just really, really dark entry in Jason Reitman's otherwise pretty spotless <coughs> filmography. Um, Labor Day is also not very great. I didn't see the front runner, but everything else that he's made I really like. Uh, so this just is a weird blip for everyone, frankly. Us included. Uh, yes, exactly. Especially the listening, especially the viewing audience is what I is what I mean to say. Um, then we will discuss uh, Timmy's itty bitty baby performance and role in this film. Uh, what function does he serve to this? I'm laughing because I just I can barely even. What function does he serve to the story? Um, what does his participation bring to this film? Is he cast well? I have so many thoughts there. Um, then, on a scale from one to five peaches, we will together grade the film in different categories. We're going to grade it in quality of the film, Timothy's performance, his attractiveness. Uh, he is 18 when this movie is shot, but he seems very youthful, so oh maybe, maybe we can asterisk to his adorableness if yeah. we want to go there. That's fine. Uh, and most importantly, his hair. Ooh, uh, it's not good. Nope, nope, but we'll... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to just shoot it right out, but right. that's how it goes. Not great. Mm-hmm. Um, you've already heard her talk, but I'll go ahead and introduce her. Today's guest is an illustrator and creative and uh, child rearer. I've definitely had my 10,000 hours sure. of, of okay. child care. You have a background in education. <laughs> what was your degree? Elementary education. Elementary education, great. Didn't think about that when picking you for this episode, but like... But did you? The stars subconsciously, probably. <laughs> you knew on one level. On one level, I knew. Great. Uh, it's Helen Bogus. Hi! Hello. How are you? Oh, well, you know, I watched this film again. <laughs> How long <laughs> so, will you hold it against me? No, no, I will never hold it against you, because I thoroughly enjoyed 
Watching. Watching this. I was going to say, of the movies that we have watched together, mm-hmm. this is the track record was pretty great until now. Oh my god, it's been nothing but amazing. Right, because we... We watched Booksmart. We watched Booksmart together. We watched the Beyonce Homecoming live. We did. We watched Love Actually. We did Love... Okay, yep. Which is my, <laughs> and we my, saw another one in the theater, and I can't remember. We went to the midnight showing of Jennifer's uh, Body. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, okay, okay. so yeah, Love Actually, Jennifer's Body, yeah. Book Smart, and Beyonce's Homecoming. Yeah. Really, we were riding four for four. We're bad a thousand for all you sports fans out there. Right. So we were four for four, and now we're four for five, because I made you watch Men, Women, and Children, and I, so I saw this movie when it came out in 2014, so I knew it wasn't good. You did. Is it, this when you first saw him, since he I, was in this movie for so many minutes? Right. I, so I guess I wouldn't have clocked him. Um, I would have seen him before on Homeland. Okay. Well, no, I think maybe I saw it, because this came out technically right before Interstellar, but I saw okay. Interstellar in theaters, and I saw this on, like, VOD. Okay. So it would have been right around the time I would have seen it when it came out, but, like, I wasn't... Yeah. I didn't know who he was well, until... Well, again, he's in this film for definitely under 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. I don't, I think that's like... So, I don't think you could have clocked him. No. No, not at all. And given what we know of him now and how he looks now, very different. No one would say this is a Timothy Chalamet uh, oh, vehicle, which is odd. And I know this is because of alphabet, alphabetization, but he is credited yeah, early. Early. Like, in the, in the opening... Credits too. And it, when I saw that, I was like, oh, he must have, like, a large role. I didn't, because yes. I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, boy, this is, like, a <laughs> weird multi-storyline kind mm-hmm. of movie, which normally I really like. Sure. And that's, I mean, I like that in the books as well, but I watched the trailer, and I was like, I don't see Timothy in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what his part's going to be. And then the movie starts, and he's billed early. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, I must have missed everything. Or, like, did you miss him? Like, right. is he... Am I blind? Right. <laughs> Do I have Timothy Chalamet face blindness? I don't know. But no, he just is not really in this movie. Which, as we said, it's his first movie. Yeah. It, it, it makes complete sense that he's barely in it. Yeah. Let's talk about this horrible movie. So, <laughs> I'll give a little, a little plot before we jump in. Basically, this movie, it takes place in Texas. So, it came out in 2014. Do we think this movie takes... It must take place in 2014. It just feels antiquated because it's bad, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think so. I had this thing early on where I was like, this feels like 2005. It does, but I remember... So, I graduated high school in 2009, Mm -hmm. and I think it had only been for like a year or two that you could have Facebook without having a college email account, because that's how it was That's how it started, right. And it feels like it should be 2005 with Mm -hmm. how they're acting about everything, and, like, people being as terrified of technology as they are, Mm -hmm. and I don't like technology, but, like, this is a little extreme. Okay. Also, Texas did not make sense as a setting. No. We can get into that later. (laughs) As someone who spent about half of my life in the South, no one, none of the characters were, like, Texan. No, God, no. Yeah, they seemed very, like, Midwestern. Yeah, like, they could have been in Ohio. Or Indiana, anywhere else besides Texas. And I haven't read the book. Maybe, like, the book is more Texan. I have no idea. Yeah, But essentially, it's this interconnected story of all of these teens at this high school and their parents and their various addictions through technology. Some of that is explored through online gaming. Some of that is explored through online pornography. Basically, just, like, online exploitation is the theme. 
And it's all framed around this idea of the Voyager satellite moving oh out of the God. galaxy. I <laughs> and, hated it. I love space. Yeah, it opens. It, the, the narration by Emma Thompson begins. And when I say the narration by Emma Thompson begins, oh you get excited because that sounds lovely. Emma Thompson narrating something sounds Dame lovely. Dame Emma Thompson. Dame Emma Thompson. However, I derive no pleasure no. from hearing Emma Thompson say words like it. masturbation or... Well, like, why... It was, like, a weird... It would have been one thing if it was just, like, oh, this is how we're going to relate space and mm-hmm. these storylines, but then she would do narration over the characters' lives. Yes. Which was, like, I don't... How do I need to do this? This feels really weird. Mm-hmm. And then she'd be, like, I'm speaking of the satellite, let's look at this kid watching porn. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, because like, they, they... So the whole thing is framed around this idea that we're all living on this pale blue dot. Carl Sagan's pale blue dot. Like... Not, are all insignificant, and somehow that relates to the fact that we're all being consumed by Everybody's technology. Hipsters. Right, I, I. We're all insignificant. Yeah, yeah. I don't even really know where to start with these stupid plots. I guess the movie starts with Adam Sandler's character. Why is he in this? Film? <laughs> so, so every every so often, Adam Sandler like comes out of the woodwork yeah. to do a dramatic role. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of his like I've never seen Punch Drunk Love, I, so I I can't really speak to his like critically acclaimed dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. I actually think he's fine in the movie. Like, I don't think that he's... Right. He's far and away not the worst part of this no, movie. No, 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 no. Um, it just, when he showed up, I thought, what's, okay. What's gonna happen here? And also then he's like a football dad in yep. Texas. Right. Well, and again... Well, we're gonna talk about the fact that none of those boys should be football players. No. <laughs> they said, oh, look, they should be football players. <laughs> I, I can't even get into it yet. I have to prepare myself. <laughs> Um, Adam Sandler is married to Rosemary DeWitt, national treasure Rosemary DeWitt. God bless her. God bless her. And they have a son who's a pivotal character. The son is addicted to, well, would we say he's addicted or he's just, I think he's just a regular teenager who watches porn, but it's like desensitized I think, yeah, he's gotten a lot, he's gotten, there was a weird, in the the Amy Nicholson quote that you had, Mm -hmm. she talked about how it was a sermon and it was very, like, uh, someone who grew up in the evangelical weird culty world mm-hmm. like that storyline was basically just like don't watch porn it's gonna ruin your life and ruin your sex drive right and like this movie there's no nuance to the no. conversation about no. well that's the that's the thing this movie takes no time to have a conversation about how we can be healthy with our relationships with technology oh, and how it's just a fact of the matter that that's part of our... Like, it, it literally is good or bad. Like, Which there's also no... is why it made it feel like it should be 2005. When so right. much of this is new and mm-hmm. nobody knows anything about it, this is 2013, probably. Yes. They're centering it on. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's wild to me about this movie is that if you just put me down in front of this movie and made me watch it and told me none of the creative team who was involved behind the scenes, yeah. I would swear a stack of Texas Bibles <laughs> that this movie was made that by a baby. one of the versions. There's yes. King James, there's New Testament, yes, exactly. and whatever, right. and Ivy, yeah. and Texas. So, exactly. Yes, so Texas I would swear Bible. on the Texas Bible that this movie was made by a baby boomer because yeah. it is so damning yeah. of technology that I was like, surely this has to be made by somebody who is at least in their 50s, oh, if not their 60s or 70s. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like a Martin Scorsese movie, mm-hmm. but I would have assumed someone his age would have made it. Yeah. But Jason Reitman is 41 years old. And currently or when this currently. was made? Currently. So when oh, this so was he made, was he was in his early mid-30s. Oh, like, he is not that much older than oh, the kid. Oh. Like, and he's younger than some of the adult characters. Yeah. So, like... It's just really wild that he wanted to make this movie. 
especially when you think about the fact that he made Juno, which is a yeah. movie that the, the way that those teens talk in that movie isn't realistic, no. but but it shows young people who seem and talk who seem and look real. And they're more, and I think that we were talking earlier about the writing, mm-hmm. and Diablo Cody wrote yes. Juno, mm-hmm. and I feel like did a much better job developing the characters and giving them those nuances to make them seem like they are real human beings. Mm-hmm. And this one, they're not even two-dimensional. Right. But, like, there's nothing. No. And it's not, I mean, some of the actors that are there are great. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ansel Elgar was great. Yeah. Caitlin Dever was great. That was probably the best storyline. Yeah. And I would say he seems to be kind of the main character. I don't know if he's the main character. Yeah. He's the emotional focal he's, point. Of, like, you feel yeah. the most for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I think out of, the, out of the high schoolers, he's definitely the one that sure. is, like, like, the main high schooler, right. I would say. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I don't even know. Like, I just think this is such no. a non-movie. Do you have no. like a fun note you want? Because I, 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 honestly, like this. It made me. We were discussing about how like Love the Coopers was so trash tastic that I like want people to see okay, it. This is not a trash tastic. No, this isn't trash tastic. This is just a trash. trash piece. Yeah. No, no it's no. it's just bad. Like, if you feel as though you need to watch this movie to understand what we're saying, you don't. Yeah. I like I. Can, we can tell you the plot, and you will have missed nothing. What offended you most? Well, <laughs> again, there's a list. But one of the first things I wrote in all caps was, what is this voiceover? How much did they pay Emma Thompson for this? I hope it was a lot. I hope she got so much money. Because that would justify yeah. that. Yeah. So as I said before, I have spent almost half of my life in the South. I grew up in Arkansas. I have family in Arkansas and Texas. And I would just like to say that no one in the South cares about J.P. Really? No one. It is varsity or bust. Were what they is, were they JV? They were JV. I didn't even notice that. The Brandon guy. Is that Adam Sandler's son? No, no, no. He's the guy who is like the stupid ass football player who Allison really wants to have her first kiss with. Okay. He's on varsity. Okay. But I think him and like one other person are like the only non sophomores. Mm. First of all, all of these children are sophomores, which means they are fifteen, Ooh. sixteen. I had such a different high school experience <laughs> than these children. And, and we weren't, as you mentioned, you graduated high school in 2009, I graduated yeah. high school in 2010. It, it's not a, a lifetime of difference. It's a micro-generation. Like, yeah. it, it, it can't be that crazy different. No, no, not at all. And just, like, I cannot understand how these people are sophomores in mm-hmm. high school. But, yeah, nobody cares about J.D. football. So I don't know why they didn't just make it. Maybe they made it the JV football team because none of these boys would actually be playing football in real life. Including Timothy Shelley. No, Timothy, and and even though Ansel Elgort is a bigger guy, like I still, I mean, I guess I buy him as a football player more, but Adam Sandler's son, who I I think his name is Chris. It's just like a basic white boy name. I'm not sure. I kept forgetting his name. like, he doesn't really seem like a football player. I, I kept trying to justify, like, a lot of people in high school play sports. They don't all have to look at But, like, in a movie, it just is... Li- and, yes, yeah. like, Timothy Chalamet in a, in a football uniform, it was just funny. Like, it really I, was. He just was a, a tiny, little scrawny thing, and I was like, just, like... Like, it's the same body he has. Yeah. Like, like, thank God he didn't have to bulk up for this role. Right. Because I don't, I don't know if he's capable of it. No, just because he's so... He's so he's live. So- Right. Okay, or lied. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better word. Malnourished is a word I've thrown around. 
Um, but no, he just, yeah, he does, none of them seem like football players. No. Friday Night Lights, this is not. Right, exactly, and Friday Night Lights is the varsity team. Yeah. Like, we don't see the JV team in Friday Night Lights ever. Right, they don't exist. Because no one cares, because if you don't make varsity, it doesn't matter that you're playing football. Right, and as you mentioned earlier, it's almost laughable to imagine Adam Sandler as a football dad. Like, yeah. it just doesn't, it just doesn't I, make sense. There's no way that he cares about football. No. Because there's that little scene where, like, him and Dean Norris and my yeah. dad are all on the sideline, and yeah, it's just yeah. like, ugh, I don't know, like, it, like, you don't care about this. Yeah. You really don't. I mean, I I also wrote down, when I used Facebook in high school, it was mainly for using, like, really bad lyrics as mm-hmm. my status. Yeah. Like, I used a lot of Owl City lyrics. Sure. <laughs> I just, I wasn't doing any of these things. So yeah, I think I did have like a very tame high school experience. Mm-hmm. Well, so that brings up what I think is the most egregiously awful storyline, which is I Judy Greer prostituting love, her daughter. Love Judy Greer. National love treasure. So Judy many. Greer. This movie is full of national and international treasures. Right. Na- national and British. Yeah. Treasures. <laughs> okay. Fine. Yeah. But international nonetheless. Yeah. So Judy Greer takes. Scantily clad photos of her daughter and yeah. puts them online. Okay, for people who pay for them. Exactly. And let's just float above the clouds for a second and just for a second pretend like that's not just a wild thing to do. The movie does nothing to shade her insecurity with that fact. No. And she doesn't grapple with it until later when she just like breaks down. Like there's yeah. there's just she's given there's a throwaway line about how like she was an actor and like tried to be an actor and then they later and, like, explain her that like dad, her dad was a producer. Dad was a producer and, and then she, she came like, back mm-hmm. five months pregnant yeah. with Mercedes and none of that is given any gravity. No. And Judy Greer is great. I love Judy Greer. I love oh, her so oh much. Gosh. But it's just like there is nothing given to her character. No. Like you just, it, she's a bad mom. She's yeah. A, and you, there's no one, and it's it's the same with the Jennifer Garner character. There's oh, no, God. there is nothing given to show that that woman has an interior life. No, and it's even more egregious. Again, it's like the one dimensionality. Yeah, the thing that makes me even more mad about the Jennifer Garner thing, and I'm curious to see how you feel about this. Mm-hmm. I think Jennifer Garner's performance in Juno is astounding. Oh, yeah. She is so good in Juno. Every so time good. I rewatch Juno, I think, how the fuck did Jennifer Garner not even get nominated for an Oscar? She it's is incredible. And, and she plays a character that you could say is similar. Yeah. They're both uptight. Yeah. They're both straight-laced. Yeah. But I think of those moments in Juno where she sees Juno at the mall, and she goes up to her and tries to talk to the baby through the belly. Mm-hmm. And I think about her painting the baby's room. Like, yeah. And then I think of um, when she's, like, breaking up with Jason Bateman's character... Mm-hmm. And there's this great line where uh, he talks about how he like he like bought an apartment in the city, and Jennifer Garner looks at him and goes, "How cool of you!" Yes! And it is just it is ice cold. it is ice cold, and it gives that character it's so amazing. much nuance. Mm-hmm. And I just think, how did the same director direct the same actor in yeah. a similar character? Not like they said, not a exact character, but like right. in that vein. And just none of that no none of that character work is there. No, it's just it boggles my mind. Yeah, and like, I mean, I don't know if we've talked about Jennifer Garner's character yet. She is uh, the mom of Caitlin Dever, mm-hmm. and she is so, so uptight yep. about, she's tracking her on everything. She has all of her passwords, she has something that logs all the keystrokes. She just she can delete like, messages before she reads them, before Caitlin Dever yeah. reads them. Yeah, so it's just like going too far. She prints out like all of her texts and messages mm-hmm. and reads them every night while sitting on the couch with her husband watching Top Chef. Yeah. Like, 
And the husband is, like, very nonchalant about all of it. Like, Towards the end, he's like, I don't know, just let her be a teenager. Right. One time. He says that one time. Mm -hmm. Because, again, he is also a one-dimensional character. Yeah. And it's, I don't even know, yeah, it's that same thing, because it's, like, there's so many similarities, or just other roles Jennifer Garner has played. Mm -hmm. But this is, like, and I, there are so many opportunities for her to, like, be more nuanced, Mm -hmm. and she yeah, there's no complication. It's no. just it's just technology that no. must and protect daughter. Like towards the end of the movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a spoiler here. <laughs> uh, Tim, who is Ansel Elgort, is like feeling really horrible. He's made this great group of friends online through Guild Wars, something like it's that. It's just like an online game right. or whatever. Doesn't have a lot of friends in RL real life, which is something <laughs> your counselor says. And he and Caitlin Dever are dating, and they're really happy and. He, his dad gets really upset and is like, I canceled your Guild Wars account mm-hmm. and you can tell that it's going towards like a dark place yeah. and he's, the bottle of pills on his dresser is there yeah. and in focus and blah blah blah. And so he messages Caitlin Dever on her private Tumblr, which her mom doesn't know about, but now she does. Mm-hmm. And is like, hey, I'm feeling really alone and like really low. And I thought for a millisecond that maybe she was going to be like, oh, shit, technology can be good, and you can reach out and talk to people. There can be a connection. Absolutely. And, no, she's a stone-cold bitch. (laughs) And it's just like, why are you bothering me? Yeah. I've never liked you. Mm -hmm. You're horrible. She's like, if you message me again, I'll block you. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, this movie does nothing to suggest that there could be a compromise. No, no. And then there's, like, not really any... Resolution mm-hmm. with that storyline. So now oh. that now that I'm kind of thinking about it, do we think there's any redemption in the Adam Sandler Rosemary Dewitt storyline? Because he, I will say, okay, so so basically, let's not even dive into the fact that there's a scene where Adam Sandler does he he masturbates in his son's room. Yeah, on his son's com- like using his son's computer yeah. because his has too many viruses. Right. Which also seems like something in 2005. Exactly. When there was that shot where, like, all of the pop-ups were up, like, all I could see was, like, Windows XP Uh 2006, when I just was like, oh my god, this is just, like, a relic. Yeah. This, like, I I, I think a lot about how, like, technology is going to seem dated really quickly. Mm -hmm. And, like, this movie arrived dated. Like, it it didn't even, like, take a minute. Like, the way that everything popped up on screen, I was, like, literally thinking of movies that have just done that so much better. Yeah. So Adam Sandler and Rosemary DeWitt are unhappily married. They're, like, not having sex, and when they do, it's like... Well, it didn't seem like they had a bad marriage. It seemed... And this is going to point to my largest note that I wrote in giant caps letters, and it just says, therapy should be free and accessible to all. (laughs) Right, because... You know, and I don't want to get, I don't want to like. They don't seem unhappily married. That's but they true. Seem like they're not communicating about what they want and need. Exactly, which leads them to both have extramarital affairs using online websites. Yeah. A la Ashley Madison, which is. I don't know if he's using Ashley Madison. You doesn't he use like a? It's like, like an escort, escort service. She uses Ashley Madison. Yeah. Okay. Which then I was like, when did that client list of Ashley Madison come out? Oh, you know, I forgot about that story. And one of the was, was uh, yes. how Naturally Madison came mm-hmm. That's what that made me think of. So then oh. I was, like, on that track for a little yeah. bit. Um, and then I had to bring myself back. Yeah, and oh my god, it reminded me that like my office had like a giant Ashley Madison billboard near it, like in the last year. Still a thing. 
Yeah, and like light the sword, have an affair. Woo! Yeah. Fun. Party on! Yeah, not at all triggering. No! No, no, no. <laughs> Why would that be triggering? Why would that be triggering? Uh, but yeah, so they're both carrying out these affairs, um, Rosemary DeWitt with like, what is implied to be like a string of men. Well, and I thought for a while it was just going to be the first guy. Like, Dennis Haysburg. Yeah, right. yeah, secret lover. Secret lover. Secret lover 21 or Bo- whatever it Oh was. my god, her, it, she was bored housewife one, two, three, four, five. I know! <laughs> I just, like, and I understand that like... <laughs> Not make this up. Well, I like you <laughs> as if that sweater is a one of a kind. Right. As if it wasn't purchased at Kohl's with a coupon. As if it's not a and lovely gray sweater. Right. Like so, they're both having affairs and like they're enjoying them to varying degrees. And Adam Sandler is just repeatedly seeing the same escort. Same escort, and then she sh- is like now seeing a string of different. Things. Right. She's going on and like cool. Yeah. Fine. A, why cast Dennis Haysbert as the first one and make him seem, like, significant? Well, and I think we were also talking about when there is sex in this movie, mm-hmm. and that is, like, the closest thing we see to sex in this movie. Yeah. We see people, like, taking have, their clothes off. Like, there's a lot of, like, getting ready for sex. Most of the sex scenes that we either see people preparing for, or, like, just after, or maybe we see, like, a blip. Mm-hmm. It is like immediate penetration. Right. Like they've not been making out. Mm-hmm. They've not nothing's no been happening. Nothing. Which I have to say means it was probably written by a man. Right. Because that is just how that goes. Exactly. And it's not good. And so when they're both just having a heads up in case anyone's questioning, yeah. it's not really a great way to have. This can briefly become a sex yeah. device. Yeah. yeah. Really <laughs> Please callers call in. Keep it like one. So when they're having these affairs, there's a brief shot where the two of them are, like, in their kitchen nook, and they seem, like, happy. Yeah. And it's, like, they're happy again. And right. it's, like... And they're, like, lovingly, like, brushing each other's shoulders or, mm-hmm. like, reaching over to grab something that looks really sweet. Right. And then once, like, Adam Sandler figures out she's having the affair toward the end of the movie, she, like, comes back. Cause, so he, she's out at, the, out at a hotel bar, and he's there. Well, and then they and always, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was meeting his escort, but he went there just because he found her account. Exactly. She didn't log out of it. Yeah, it's very silly. Um, and he like makes eye contact with her, and takes a drink, and then leaves. Right. And she's like. And then she comes back like I think like the next morning, mm-hmm. and he's making breakfast, and she's yep. like, "We need to talk about this." And he's like, "What do you want?" And you're on one. And she tries to talk about it again. And he just goes, and then he says something about like we can spend the rest of our lives. Asking questions. I know you can't see this, listeners, but my eyes have rolled so far back in my head. Right. I'm prepared to do CPR because I think (laughs) Helen might pass out. And, like, it's just implied that, like, this is what they had to do to survive. Like, it is... I bring all of that up to say, like, that's almost this moment of, like... That seems like the the technology could be redemptive in that situation because it, like, allowed them to, like, enact these fantasies or, like, live out these truths. But, like... That's not in the script or the story. I'm bringing all that in because I'm, like, trying to find a way trying. to show that maybe yeah. technology's reductive. Well, and also it's, like, a weird... Because you would think that there would be something, oh, we're both going to end our affairs and, like, start talking to each other about what we want. Yep. Or, like, making efforts or seeing a counselor. So, again, therapy should be free accessible <laughs> to all. But, like, it's just... They leave it there, mm-hmm. and that's the last we see of them. Yeah. 
So it's like, again, technology could be good. You could have, like, you know, gotten this out of your system. Maybe this helps you discover a new part of yourself. Whatever it is. But, like, no. Yeah. There's nothing. I think we've touched on most of the storyline. I, yeah, I want to go back quickly to the Allison storyline. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. It's handled with just... Oh, my God. It's oh. so bad. So, oh, God. And they're, the scene where they go over... Is it Brandon's house? Who's ho- I don't know whose house they're at. I don't know. But Brandon's I think it's there. Brandon's... I thought it was because she walks in with those two other people. Right. And did you love that there was the... Um, the token gay The token friend. gay friend who wasn't, like, explicitly made... Well, they're going to watch... Like, Living Amish? Lim- yeah, Escaping Amish or right. whatever it is. I just yeah. was like, oh, are they just so proud of themselves? Right. That they yeah. had, like, two female characters well, and, like... Well, again, it's just, like, all of these relationships that we're seeing are all heterosexual. Mm. Oh, and, that's... Like, yeah, and white. gender and white yeah. and boring. The people... The, the, the minorities yeah, are... the one... The one person we Right, and he is the man having an affair with yeah. a married woman. And obviously, like, Adam Sandler's having an affair, too. Right, but the with other white person. Exactly, the yeah. other man for Rose... Cause, and that is just such a trope. And that's the only man that we see his... Like, that's the only person that she is seeing that we see. That we see her in bed with. Right. There, There is the guy... So when Adam Sandler sees her at the bar, she is with another man. But we is, don't see his we face. We don't see his face. We don't it's, see what it looks like. It's not Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. But, like, it just... It plays into that trope of, like... Board housewife one two three four five <laughs> wants to go and have an extramarital affair with like a strapping man of color and yeah. it's just it's just that trope yeah and then yeah we have like which again like two thousand five it, it makes me wonder like how I mean I don't think I clocked it in nope. two thousand fourteen like I don't think I thought of it like nope. that because we've like we've come so far in how we talk about these mm-hmm. things that it's just crazy to think it was yeah. okay oh yeah or that that wasn't a consideration yeah that, like this cast is just exclusively white, which, I yeah. mean, is Texas, like, diverse, or is Texas, it? There are parts of Texas that are very diverse. Yeah. Like, I have friends who teach in Houston and San Antonio, and it's, like, majority of their classrooms are... Yeah. I'm not sure if, like, the Hispanic. film ever, like, explicitly says where in Texas this takes place. I mean, I couldn't even... Like, and no one has a southern accent. Okay, it was filmed in and around Austin, Texas. That would be the only place that would make sense. Yeah. But, like, still, no one has an accent. Mm-hmm. There's no other, like, southern tropes. You could make it very southern. Mm-hmm. You could get actors who have southern accents or help people with their accents. Yeah. Like, when you think of Texas, you think of, like, southern accents. Yeah. And, like... No one in this movie has There's that. no southern hospitality. No. There's no, like... Again, we're focused on the JV football team. <laughs> like, it's not... That's not what happens. No. Very um, odd. Do you have any other fun notes you want to touch on about regarding the film? Well, I, I also couldn't figure out how long does this movie span? Like, what's the timeline from where it starts? I mean, it's like a football season? I guess. But also it could be like a week. Yeah, I was it, well, so that big game, is there a big game at the end? There's or, some kind, there's of, some kind game of game sometimes. So it must be like the fall season? Well, yeah, because it falls in the fall, so it's like... But then they... Ansel Elgort's mom had left them to go to California and they kept talking about how she did she was gone the summer the summer yeah but then it had also been a year since okay so it was like the summer before so I think it's like yeah so I think that happened like over a year ago okay and now they're coming in in the fall but like it has to be long enough for an ectopic pregnancy to develop oh god I didn't think about that and like for Rosemary DeWitt to be seeing all of these gentlemen yeah without it being because she always says that she's going to her sister 
Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously she never is, but she has to spread that out enough so that her husband doesn't think it's suspicious. Mm-hmm. So, like... Now, like, is it happening every week? Like, is she going to her sister's every Saturday? Like, it, I don't... I couldn't tell. The you. internal logic of this movie doesn't make any sense. Which is yeah. crazy, because I feel like you say that about, like, High concept sci fi films mm-hmm. and like and it's like no this is literally just like a human yeah. comedy drama and yeah. you just can't make heads or tails of anything. Yeah. I was also really bummed at the end to find out that Rosemary Dewitt's character is named Helen because I'm just like, guys, <laughs> come on. Like we could have Justice for Helen. It's always Helen Keller or <laughs> Helen of Troy, which like that one's fine, but sure. most of the time. You can claim Helen of Troy. Yeah. There's gonna be other famous Helens in history. I mean, there's Helen Hunt, Helen Mirren. Should we should we move on to Timmy? I know there's not like okay. I actually do have things to say about Timmy. Yeah, which is, which let's, is odd. let's go for it. Okay, so I'm gonna start with his casting because I feel like for you know this is our ninth episode, mm-hmm. and I've always pretty much said he's cast well. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I'm gonna say he's not cast well. I'm gonna agree. With you. And the so. The aforementioned, he doesn't look like a football player. No. Also, he's supposed to be playing, like, a dick. And, like, he's played dicks before. We've Ooh. covered this. He's yes. a dick in Lady Bird. Yes. But here he's, like, a bully. He's not just, like, a douchey guy. He's, like, a mean he's like bully. like, horrible, horrible person. Right. He throws an orange that hits like, Caitlyn Depp. Like, shocks it up. Yeah. Like, I literally was like, oh, my God. Like, did he really no. throw an orange? Like, I was like, how did they film that? Did he really just throw an orange at her and she's like go for it like shit yeah like she definitely has a circular bruise on her back he uses the word trannies which is just it's a character but right. like again like wow and I and you know I, I understand I, I think a lot of I'm sure you didn't see the movie mid 90s nope. don't because I just <laughs> I just don't think that Jonah Hill's directorial debut is acquired essential viewing frankly okay. Okay. Um, so in that movie they throw the word fag around a lot mm-hmm. and I can understand in the context of a, a movie taking place in the 90s with California skater culture yeah. that is probably a word that was said a lot yeah. but there is no dissection of that and I'm not saying the film needs to criticize these boys for saying it I just need there to be like a, an internal reason just beyond relevance to time Yeah. and that's where I come to issue with the fact that like and they use the word trannies. Like, it's yeah. just, it, it doesn't do anything to shade or color these characters. There's no plot relevance other than looking at the deleted right. scenes. <laughs> that's actually something really important to note. So and Timothy it made is, a lot more sense contextually after you watch that. Right, so in this movie, Timothy's on screen for, like, all of 90 seconds, maybe. Um, there are seven minutes of deleted scenes on YouTube that you can find, and in it, uh, Adam Sandler's son's character is apparently showing Timothy Chalamet's character porn involving a midget and a transgender person and then later when he says that word it makes sense so I, it, like there's at least been some right the way the, Not but well, the, but but the like, way the film is put together theatrically yeah. it just seems like he's using that word and he's just an ignorant asshole right that just wants which to use like that word. i mean there were plenty of things that were thrown around when i was in middle and high school sure. that were not appropriate mm-hmm. i mean like throwing around the word gay as, like, when something was dumb or retarded or whatever, which, I mean, that's a whole other sack of potatoes because that's just, like, not okay on so many levels. But these are just, like, they're cherry-picking things they've heard Mm -hmm. and being like, oh, I don't really know that much about it, so I'm going to just, like, call you that. Right. Like, it's, there's just nothing, again, it's very Mm one-dimensional and just, like... It doesn't say anything about the character. No, um, no. 
I mean, again, like, Jimmy is hardly in this movie. Right. And so there's, like, there's nothing that gives us reason to think that that's a part of his character mm-hmm. or yeah. that means anything to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And so where I'll take, yeah, we, we don't even, like, yeah, as far as his role goes, like, he plays a character named Danny Vance. It's, it's wild he even has not I guess he probably has a name because in these deleted scenes he has a little bit more of a subplot. It's, mm-hmm. it's not enough to justify, like, what they did shoot. I mean, no. maybe they shot more and it just wasn't, like, finished for the Blu-ray release or wherever right. these scenes were pulled from. But, like, yeah, it's, it's it makes total sense this subplot got cut because it means nothing. It's basically yeah. just, like, him having sex with his girlfriend. The, the In, like, a weirdly Texas-themed bedroom. Yes. Did you? Oh, my God, the sheets that were, like, goatee. Oh, my God. Oh, I was cringing. It was... Like, everything on the walls is, like, Texas football. And like all like all of these weird red and white and blue things, which like Texas colors are not red and white and blue, like mm-hmm. for the university. <laughs> so that's just something I'm gonna say. Yeah. There's no like Longhorns memory. <laughs> so I don't know where this movie takes place. No. Anyway. Um so the thing that I thought most during this movie was how I wish that Timmy had either played Ansel Elgort's character mm-hmm. or Adam Sandler's son's character. Yeah. Because that would have made a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. This idea, because like like I said, like you buy Ansel Elgort as a football player, but I just feel like if we're gonna have all of these boys of varying sizes and heights and whatnots playing football, it would make sense for Timothy's character to be the one who quits. Yeah. And then isn't we never have to see him. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's, like, oh, still weird to think of him that way, but I just kept wishing that Timothy had played one of those roles, because mm-hmm. I just don't buy him as this, like... Well, he could have been, like, an artsy kid who's, like, childhood friends with one of the football players, and Yeah, that's how he's roped into this. Because, right. like, the only people we see are, aside from Caitlin Dever, everyone else is, like, in sports, or, or cheerleading. cheerleading. Yeah. Cheerleading's a sport we can get into later, but, mm-hmm. like, whatever. <laughs> They're football oh. players or they're cheerleaders. I know we like already moved past talking about the film, but that just reminded me. One of the most cringy scenes is when Allison's character and then oh, the three girls. Yeah. Oh my god! And they're just were you like, dying at that dialogue? I hated it. Yeah. It when they were talking horrible. about like um like oh have you hooked up with anybody? Mm-hmm. So it's Allison and um what's Judy Greer's daughter Hannah. Hannah Clint. Yeah. yeah. Hannah. And then I think it's the girl who was like supposed to be Timothy Chalamet's girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's the three of them, and they're, like, making posters, because mm-hmm. I think it's back to school. Yeah, like, that's there's some dance sense. going on or something. Know, or a game, or... Right. I mean, again, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Or who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that, too. But they're just like, oh, my God, you got so super skinny with this, and I wanted to be, like, a mega diet, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, my God. And then they're, like, talking about... And they're like, about... who did you hook up with? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, and here's a picture of me sucking and you're like, right. Right. like <laughs> what? again, I understand that like everyone has a very vastly different high school experience, but I don't. It's not mine. I don't know of anyone who just was like, look at uh, this picture of me sucking a dick. Like that yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And I understand her character is supposed to be like. Well, I thought maybe they're like juniors or seniors. These children are sophomores. Yeah, again, these are fifteen-year-olds. Yeah, 14, 15, Whatever. Yeah. I kind of also wondered maybe if it wasn't really her. No, but like, so the two implications are either. This man took a photo of an underage girl sucking his dick. Yeah. Or she's lying. Or it's like a picture of somebody who could be her. Right. And she's like, oh, it's me. 
That's kind of what I was thinking, but maybe I was just trying to, like, protect her. That's such a weird brag. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's it's like, why do you have a photo of that? And then later, when she, because Hannah and... uh, Allison? Danny, whatever, Danny, Adam Sandler's son. Oh, Timothy Chalamet is Danny. Okay. Ansel Elgort is Tim, which is weird because right. it's Tim Timmy. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so what is it? True, Chris. Chris. Yes. Of course, it's Chris. So Hannah and Chris are hooking up, and then there's also this like weird like he is experiencing erectile dysfunction because he's watched so much porn, which mm-hmm. again feels very preachy and like mm-hmm. just anti-porn, right? And anti any kind of sexual activity. Yeah. And so he's very slushing me. Oh, it's very slushing. And very like, oh, look at this. There's no comprehensive sex education anywhere in this state. Yeah. For sure not in Texas. Right. And definitely not in America. And there is no sex positivity. So good luck, everybody. Yeah. But they're like, they're hooking up. And it almost makes it sound like she is a virgin. Yeah. After. Mm-hmm. But he like can't get hard. Mm-hmm. And they quote unquote have sex. But like, she. It seems like, I mean, they both seem very inexperienced with having sex, which is whatever. Mm -hmm. But then she is a virgin, so I feel like that has to mean that this picture is doctor. Yeah, Yeah, no, that that same look, because then what happens is she tells people that they had sex and he's upset about it, so it seemed like she wanted to tell people, which is kind of where I was coming at when I think that she's... like such a high school girl move. Yeah. To just be like, yeah, this happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we'll prove it. And you're like, mm, no, I just have it in my mind. Right. And I'm glad you brought this up because one of the things I was thinking as well is why I wanted Timothy to play that role is I don't buy for a second that Hannah was no. interested in Chris. He no. was so fucking lame. And she's supposed to be this, so like, cool, hot girl. Like, yeah. I didn't buy it for a minute. And so I just kept thinking, like, okay, you know what? Like, Timmy might be, like, malnourished and tiny, but, like, he has, like, a charisma that we've at least seen in his later movies that, like, yeah. maybe if he had played that role, I could understand, like, this hot girl maybe being into him. But, like, I did not. Well, I, again, I thought it was maybe, like, oh, they're friends from childhood or something, but that doesn't seem to be the case either. Like, yeah. like he was the boy next door that, that, like, never really got super hot, but she got super hot and still really liked him from, mm-hmm. just from being friends for so long or whatever but there's just nothing there's nothing there's nothing yeah so there's really just I mean there's not much to say about his role because it's small and like I said I think he's completely miscast yeah um aside from just the fact that it was his first movie and I'm just glad he got cast yeah totally I mean his performance I there's it's hard to even it's hard to even say yeah like I was gonna say like it's you get more out of those deleted scenes, but I almost yeah. don't even want to factor those in because they're not in the film. Yeah. Um, I'll just... He's good. Yeah. He's a good actor. He's not bad. Yeah, he's not bad. Like He for, has more, like, range in his emotions in the two minutes he's in this movie than Chris does. Mm-hmm. Chris is just, like, a boring-ass... Just, like, he has no... There are no layers to him. Yeah. And I understand that this isn't an acting choice. This is just right. we see him doing it. When he filled that drilled out Nerf football oh with, with moisturizer, because there's all, so he's having erectile dysfunction. Oh, don't worry. Emma Thompson tells us about it. <laughs> yes. Dame Emma Thompson Dame explains, Emma Thompson explains why he's doing this. He, we see him take a drill to oh a soft God. Nerf football, and then we see him like pumping. So much. So much. <laughs> like at least eight pumps. So much lotion into the hole of this football that he's presumably going to put his penis into while he watches porn. 
Because it, oh, because Emma Thompson told us because it feels more like the real thing. <laughs> so I'm gonna say that I'm gonna I'm gonna blow everyone's mind. I've never had sex with a woman. <laughs> Why? Have you had sex with a Nerf football? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm but I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that the inside of a vagina does not feel like a Nerf football. Because if it did, there would be a whole lot more gay people than there are. I'm gonna be. I'm going to be real transparent with you as someone with a vagina <laughs> and who has spent time close to their footballs. There's no way they are remotely insane. Right. There's no amount, of, no. No amount of hemp lotion that makes no. the, the, I don't know. But also, like, lotion in a Nerf football? Oh, my God. This it is was, so problematic. And again, Emma Thompson He's going to have to burn play that. by playing this for us. Yeah. Well, I think he's gonna keep it. I think it's <laughs> this movie is so bad, and it's I have a really hard time telling people that their shit is bad. Yeah, but like there's just nothing yeah. redemptive. No, and, like you and I became friends because of the internet. Right, exactly. So, like, yeah, this is a great thing. That is obviously. so true. Like, yeah, and I have met so many of like I mean, just think about it's 2019. Mm-hmm. You're meeting friends on the internet, you're making job connections, you're dating people from the internet. Like, sure, there are some, we both have horror stories. Oh, yeah. People we've dated from the internet, or people you've met on the internet. But also, there is an overwhelming amount of really wonderful things. Right. And again, it's not like those happened Mm post-2014. They were happening back then. Right. I can just, I was on the internet in 2013 and 2014, and like, Good things are happening. Much like technology, life has nuance. Yeah, that's a shocker to everybody on this writing staff. Exactly. Like, people had shitty relationships before the internet. They're mm-hmm. going to have shitty relationships. Like, it's just it's just the newest vehicle. Yeah. Like, I just, it, yeah. And it's like it was an easy target to blame for things going wrong. Yeah. Like, oh, everything is hard and kids are, they have more freedom or yeah. whatever. So, like, it's technology. Right, and I don't. I've only seen like two episodes of Black Mirror, but I. Was, I can't watch it. Okay, okay got <laughs> it. Too anxious. Okay, <laughs> I'm but, already worried about all of that. Sure, but from the two episodes I've seen, that show more accurately gets at the fact that technology—it's like technology bad, but like we can talk about it. And this movie is just like technology bad. Yeah, well, it's it's again like too much of anything is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And it's the other thing that I kept thinking about is like. These children have not just laptops in their room, but, like, full computers with, like, monitors and whatever those tall things are that you used to have. A, a tower? tower. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, like, I... That would never have flown yeah. with my parents. Mm-hmm. Like, they... We had, like, a family computer. We had a family computer, yeah. but it was, like, in the living room, and you couldn't even look up anything bad. Yeah. You know? Because it was, like, everybody could see it. Mm-hmm. And I have three younger siblings, so, like... There wasn't ever any privacy, mm-hmm. and and even like when we got laptops and had those, I could use them for homework, but I had to be downstairs. Yeah. I mean, I here's the thing: I love rules, so I wasn't <laughs> going to break any of the rules. But Are like, you a Taurus? Of course. I <laughs> Give me rules. Give me comfortable things. Um, yeah, but I just like it was, and even for Jennifer Garner, like that that she would let. Caitlin Dever. Yeah, why well, even like, let her have, have a computer, a computer in, a room. in a room? Yeah. That was fascinating. Yeah. It, so, but yeah, it was like obviously too much of anything is a bad thing. But 
you're letting them have unfettered access to things. Mm -hmm. So it's not so what's the point? like you're not even letting it have a chance to be good. Right. Like I'm literally like I literally watched this movie the same day. I was like taking a walk by the lake and like I just saw like eight to nine babies just like holding phones. Like yeah. it's just it, and like again, like it's it's like you see it and you clock it and you're like, oh, it's so weird that baby's like holding it. But that's like that's just what the reality is now. It's, yeah. It's what people thought in the fucking fifties and sixties when you, yeah. they put a TV in the living room and they're like, oh, the TV's gonna rot your brain. It's like there's just there's always a new thing. There's mm-hmm. always gonna be a new technology. Well, it's again you have to like moderate it. And right. I mean everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. And so it's I mean as someone who does a lot of childcare. Like, giving a baby a phone, mm-hmm. they're going to understand how it works, and they're going to want to be on it all the time, but, like, as the adult, you yeah. can say, you know what, no. And I feel like that's what I need to tell all of the parents in this movie, is, like, you can, don't go Jennifer Garner level, mm-hmm. but, like, just check in with your kids. And yeah. again, everybody talk to each other. Yeah. Be like, this is really hard, or whatever. I mean, Ansel Elgort's dad clearly needs some therapy. Sure. His wife left him, and he's just not acknowledging it. Yeah. And then, like, never... Those stock photo engagement oh photos were just... <laughs> Napa. <laughs> the staging of those was just, like... Napa. I was, like, think stock made... Oh, my God. $80 oh my from this yeah. movie. Yeah. I was surprised there wasn't, like, a big lady pen <laughs> with it. Like, so, oh, here's my newly engaged fingers holding a oh. big lady pen. So I should have asked you when we were on the. We have to, we just keep coming back to the movie because there's just no Timothy content no, for this podcast. No, so I, it's fine. I feel bad. No, I don't. It's it's fine. Um, so as someone with an education background, did you feel like this movie like did a disservice? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the teaching exercise where he's like he just writes nine slash eleven. Oh my god. And he just goes. So what do you? What does this make you think? I will say... And I was like, are we in math class? Are we in history? What yeah. do you teach? And where the fuck is this going? Like, mm-hmm. where's your lesson plan? Show me what goals you're accomplishing here because I'm not seeing a goddamn one. Are they giving a presentation? Are they just, like, are they writing a paper? Yeah. Are they, what are they doing with it? And obviously those are things that don't need to be in the movie, but, like, it was horrifying. Yeah. It just seemed like a plot device to, like, yeah. bring up. Well, then it's like... it. it and then pairs Chris and Hannah together for this mm-hmm. project where they talk to Rosemary DeWitt and Adam Sandler and they're like, oh, oh I don't remember. Um, we mm-hmm. were just hanging out and getting ready for work. Yeah. That's what we were doing. Yeah. And it's like, well. So this movie very much deals with, like, suburban malaise and, like, suburban ennui. Like, I just oh was thinking God. of how many other better movies there are about yeah. that. There's a movie called Little Children, okay. directed by Tom Field, and it's, it's based on a book written by Tom Perotta, who also wrote The Leftovers. Mm-hmm. That movie very instructively deals with what I think this movie's getting at. In preparing for this episode, I was like, we need to know other movies people should watch yeah. instead of this, yeah. I've never done that. Because... And maybe just like print out a picture of Timothy and have it next to you for your viewing yes. scenes, and that'll be the same. If you go look at any compilation of YouTube videos yeah. of Timothy Chalamet on YouTube, you will get more from that than you will from this movie. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's really nothing. And it again, just makes these American treasures, Rosemary DeWitt and Jennifer Garner mm-hmm. and Judy Greer, Greer and our favorite Brit. Thompson. Thompson. It gives it gives <laughs> them the worst life. When you said our favorite Brit, I was like, Helen Brit Keller was the best movie. <laughs> oh yeah, shout out to Brit. She's your best friend. And that's how I know Dave. So there we go. Um, God. Well, don't watch this movie. Don't watch don't it. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, should we grade it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you going to do peaches or the peach 
cheesecake that we just ate. Oh, dear listeners, <laughs> Helen strolled into my condo bearing a peach cake for the for the occasion for obvious reasons, and the cake was far and away the highlight of anything so correlating good. to this film. Again, I'm a tourist, <laughs> and all I do is make <laughs> things and help other people feel comfortable. And it, it comforted me having to talk about this this oh, terrible, terrible boy. movie. How many peaches did it take to make that cake? Uh, three. I'm giving nothing in this movie. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start so you don't have to feel so bad. Okay. This is, the, for the film, I'm giving it one peach. There's just no nuance. There's yeah. no constructive analysis happening here. It is just technology bad. Uh, this movie thinks that it is saying the most profound things and it oh thinks it's God, grounding yeah. these characters and like motivation. Like, look at us taking a photo of the contemporary American landscape mm-hmm. and bringing it to nature. And, yeah. Oh, and yeah. none of that's happening. No. I'm only getting it one peach because I think that a lot of the performances are good. Yeah. I think that the acting, given what they had to do, Rosemary DeWitt, Jennifer Gardner, and Judy Greer, and to a certain extent, Adam Sandler. In the voice of Emma Thompson. In the voice of Emma Thompson. <laughs> and you know what? Caitlin Dever's pretty good, too. Oh, I'm yeah. just going to leave it there. I'm going to agree. Okay. One peach. Yeah. I mean, again, those for, for what they were given, they gave adequate performances, mm-hmm. and some were even good. Um, but yeah, there were some really like beautifully shot moments in the, in the film. Mm-hmm. A few. It looks like it's made. It is made it's well. It's made very like, well. Like, the camera was put in a nice place, yeah. and like the colors, like... It looks, mm-hmm. it looks good. Yeah. It is just the That's a content. large part of that one piece. Yes. Yeah, like, how it, looks. it doesn't look sloppy. Like, like if it's not... you were watching this with no volume... You could pretend it was one you, it might, it might be, like, a nice yeah. thing to have on in a dentist's office. You're so... Everything about this movie is sunk in the, the script. Mm-hmm. It's all the lines. Yeah. Timmy's performance. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do something I've never done on the show. <gasps> I'm going to take away the one to five scale... And we are just going to give him a pass fail. I was going to say. <laughs> he gets a peach. He gets he a, a peach. Yeah, he gets a pass peach. You get a peach. You get a peach. You get a peach. <laughs> just for existence. Yeah, like, I, you really can't. No. You cannot, there's nothing to grade. There's nothing to grade. Mm-hmm. He, just, he shows up and he, he acts. Yeah. Like, it's it's fine. Yeah, I agree. And I was like, I, maybe I'll give him three because it's like a middle of the road. Like, sure. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but a like, pass We're going to have a teacher conference about this. He's right. probably going to talk after class, yeah. like, I'm concerned, okay. but I will pass it. Okay, so we're in agreement. Yeah. Okay. Even though we've established that he was turning 18 during production of this movie, we have amended the attractiveness scale to the adorableness scale. Mm-hmm. I suppose if it's a, he's quite adorable. Oh, he's, yeah, he's even, adorable. Even when his face has been beaten yeah. in. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, how did, how did you feel when Ansel Elgort picked him up? Picked him up is a, is a way to put it. So <laughs> just at, like <laughs> gracefully floated him up because he weighs nothing. At one point in the, in, you know, at one point, I, it, it was it like a Timothy, weird. I was like, are we watching Twilight? What's happening yes. here? <laughs> so 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 we mentioned Timothy throws an orange at Caitlin Dever. When that happens, I think he's intending to hit Ansel Elgort because Ansel Elgort quit the football team, and everybody's mad at him. The JV football team. Well, no it's wonder Timmy's mad at him, because if his aim is that bad, <laughs> I know. he's not that far away. He yeah. should have been able to hit Ansel. Yeah. But you're, you're right. It is weird that he throws it at her anyway. I think, I, yeah, I think his aim was bad. Okay, great. Maybe he's drunk. Maybe he's drunk the whole time. This film didn't really talk about teenage drinking. <laughs> That's so true. That's like a weird subplot. Which just goes even into more of how unrealistic this <laughs> is, because all of those kids are drinking. Like, oh, oh my God. Anyway. 
So Ansel Elgort goes over to Timothy and, like, picks him up. And Truly, it looks like, like something out of Twilight. As if, it is like watching the rock pick up a baby. Like, it is as if Dwayne the Rock Johnson picked up a tiny child. No, 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 not like a child, because I feel like he would, Dwayne the Rock Johnson would be very gentle and kind to a child. If Dwayne the Rock Johnson was an evil man. So Dwayne the Rock Johnson picking up Kevin Hart. Sure. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Picking up Kevin Hart and slamming him, like, it is just, he just, it is brutal. It is brutal. And yeah. then he punches him in the like. I'm honestly shocked his face wasn't more fucked up after that. Oh, a hundred percent. He punches him at least four times in the face. Yeah. And I was shocked. I only saw one lunchroom security guard walking around, and there were always like two or three. And I went to a fairly decent sized high school, but there were always like people walking around, and it takes them a solid thirty seconds to come over to this thing and pull him off yep. of Timmy. Yeah. But so. Yeah, yeah, I'd say he's pretty adorable. He's pretty adorable. Yeah, like, again. He's given, like, a three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Okay. Four. Three and a half. He's, he's quite cute. He's, for... like, a, like, a cute high school boy. Sure. Like, I would have had a crush on him in high school, for sure. Yes. Agreed. The hair, it's high school haircut. Like, I mean... Well, I was going to say, you talked about a high school haircut in previous episodes, and this yeah. is, like, a true... Yeah. Like, it looks like he's maybe thinking about going into the army. Yes. Like, that's yeah. the kind of haircut. It's not remarkable here. I will say that it, this was, like, around-ish the same time of Interstellar. And okay. in Interstellar, it's, like, fully down. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's down and it's, like, his face and his things. At least it's kind of, like, nicely, like, styled up. Like there's it's, a little towel. There's, yeah, there's, like, a little, okay. there's, like, some product in there, I mm-hmm. think. So, like, there was, like, at least some effort made. Yeah. So, I'll, I'm, like, a two, I'm gonna go, like, two and a half. Yep. Two. Two and a half. I'd say two. Uh, just because, like, again, like, he's... Is there hair there? Yes. There's hair. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's not... Remarkable. So, I, I feel like with all of our Timmy grades, it was like, he showed up. He, Again, he sh- he's on JV football. He's <laughs> showing up. As nope. someone who was on JV swimming for all four years of high school, I showed up. <laughs> I really only did it because Maybe he would make varsity if he could accurately throw an orange at the correct person. Is he athletic? I don't think he's athletic. <laughs> I don't think he is either, but I didn't want to. Before we wrap up, uh, yeah, like I just said, don't watch this movie. No, watch please, Little please Children. Don't. Uh, if you want to see a great Rosemary DeWitt performance, watch Rachel Getting Married. If you want to great. see, um, if you want to see Jennifer Gardner being directed by the same director, doing exquisite work, watch Juno. Um, I mean, you can watch anything else she's in. Yeah, uh, Judy Greer is great in literally everything. everything. So yeah, just find those things. Don't watch this. Yeah. Find Jimmy scenes if on you YouTube. If you think about wanting to watch this movie, call us. <laughs> Helen, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Of I, course. You know what we're going to do? Next time Brit's in Chicago, we're all going to get together. We're going to make peach grilled cheeses and watch Call Me By Your Name. Because Brit still hasn't seen it. have also never seen it. We're going to do that, and you, well, I'll feel redeemed for making you sit through this I mean, trash. I feel like once I watch Timmy rapping, it'll be yes. redemptive. Yeah. This podcast was redemptive. Good. Cause you I'm were, not angry with you, you for making me watch this. I you. haven't been, and I won't be. <laughs> um, do you want people to find you on the internet? From you can yeah. if you would like to. I have a, a strange number of Instagram followers. Okay. And I'm not sure why. I post okay. some interesting content, but you're welcome to follow me if you want to. I am just at Helen Bogus. Okay. H E L E N. And you have a Twitter too. Yes, yeah, I do. I do a lot of retweeting. Okay. But sometimes I come up with some good tweets. Do you want to? I think that's the same handle. Do you want to plug like? Do you want to plug your Etsy shop? Oh sure. I also do hand lettering, some cards and prints and things like that. I do custom work. And that is um, at Light and Pine. And 
that has that's Instagrammed as well. Yep, Instagram and the Etsy store. Great. Yeah. Love all yeah, that for you. That. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Dane McDonald. The show is on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, it is Chalamet Chasing, and on Instagram, it is Chasing Chalamet. You can email us at chasingchalamet at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, please consider giving us a rating and a review on iTunes. Please consider sharing this podcast with your friends, your family, whoever would like to listen. Uh, as we mentioned on our previous episode, if we get 50 ratings and 25 reviews, we will do special bonus episodes about Timmy's arc on Homeland and a Hallmark movie he did called Loving Leah. <gasps> Can I do that? Please. That's all I want. I love Hallmark movies <laughs> oh, really? so much. Oh, yeah. Well, campaign for reviews. Help <laughs> us get those we'll sweet, make it sweet happen. reviews and ratings oh. and we will, we will do that content. Amazing. Great. Chasing Chalamet is written, hosted, and produced by me, Dave McDonald. The show is also produced and edited by Will Bybee. Our theme music is by Jacob Horn. You can hear more from him and his band, the Jacob Horn Trio, on Spotify, Apple Music, and Bandcamp. Our cover art was designed by Jessica Deal. You can find more of her work at jessicadeal.com. Deal is spelled D-E-A-H-L. And until next time, later. Bye.